Welcome to an all-new season of Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophia Alexandra. And I'm Dave Rankin. And we're three friends with three different relationship statuses just trying to figure it out. So get the download every Wednesday. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophie Alexandra. And your boy, D-Ranks. Yeah, the trifecta. (laughs) Or whatever. We're here. (laughs) You're like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not committed to this threesome. (laughs) Uh, So... Since our last episode, you went on a date, Dave? I went on a date. It's a Dave date. Kinda, He's yeah, I went on a date. He's taking you out and maybe he will fuck you. Who it's knows? a Dave date. Yeah, she was like, where do you want to Where do you want to take? You want to go out to dinner? I this said, is yeah. a woman that you've known. Yeah, I've been so seeing this up. woman. Oh, yeah, so um this is a woman that did not match with me on Tinder. So if we're talking about love in the digital age, um <clears throat> you know, uh she didn't match with me on Tinder. And this is kind of a common guy move that guys do because Tinder can link to your Instagram, right? Uh-huh. So what guys do is they don't match with the girl, but they will then the girl will be like, follow me on Instagram. And there's like a lot of girls who just, it seems like they just want more Instagram followers. Sure. So guys will go and I've, uh, you know, I'll admit it. Like I have like followed a few girls that I didn't match with on Tinder on Instagram, but I do it for like a couple of days. I'm like, Dave, what are you, what are you doing? Um <laughs> But, you know, they do get followers that way. Anyway, so I have my Instagram linked to Tinder. So this girl didn't match with me, went to my Instagram, and slid in my DMs. She, You didn't match with her. Like, no. you rejected her. I guess I didn't match with her. She's a really, really pretty girl. I just didn't – I don't know why I didn't match with her. I just – I don't. I think I I deleted Tinder, actually. So oh. by the time – when she messaged me, I didn't even have Tinder on my phone anymore. So maybe I just was, like, not on it. Um, but she was like, Hey, I know this is super creepy. And I think she used the word rapey. She's like creepy and rapey, but, um, you know, we didn't match on Tinder and I just wanted to say you look pretty cool or whatever. I love how that's what a woman's talking about when she says, sorry, am I being rapey? It's like if every guy (laughs) was only doing that when they... Whatever. For real. She's like, I'm nicely asking you out. Did I fucking... (laughs) Yeah. Did I rape you? (laughs) I think because she, being a woman, a single woman, is getting a lot of that probably. Maybe she has her Instagram link to her Tinder. So she's mm-hmm. she knows. She definitely was aware that like that was more of a, a guy thing to be like, oh, I struck out. Or did I? Still can slide in those DMs. Oh, I struck out again. So did okay. you respond right but away? That means she saw that you were a comedian and she was still like, I'm into this. <laughs> I know. I know. She saw she saw the gram and still was still was into it. Uh, and then actually was uh, – we did – talk a little bit i thought when i saw her profile i was like oh she's really cute and i was like engaging with her a little bit but she didn't really but then she seemed to pull away um and it wasn't until i posted a video with me and my nephew where i was just killing it with my nephew making him laugh really hard that she was just like okay that's it oh my god we gotta meet in real life was <laughs> and, uh, let's explain little does my nephew hey, hey, max let's know explain why that is okay so she's a mom yeah and it that's just, why like, she tugged, was into you fucking making a child laugh yeah so it tugged the mom strings and she was just like i can't like if you're if you're a 
single mom like and you see that video it's i guess it's game over like my little max nephew max has no idea that he got me laid <laughs> uh, someday i will tell him uh, he's already the world's best wingman he and he's <laughs> can't even walk yet yeah, yeah he's like three and he's like shitting his diapers <laughs> yeah. it's already scotty pippin out he's in the like streets. poof myself but i'm still a better wingman than you <laughs> yeah it was unbelievable so that's and then we when turns out we turns out this was a couple months ago and it turns out we're actually neighbors like we live like four blocks away from oh each other. so this is like prime she figured it out when she was looking in your window yeah she's like yeah, yeah. i'm a mom i only do shit that's convenient <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't have time to fucking drive to you yeah yeah it's real convenient i mean and and uh and so i think yeah i think we figured that out and then um yeah and then we went out a bunch um i've dated moms before mm-hmm. um i do like that's moms. kind of your mo I like moms you like moms know. or younger girls does it seem moms like does it seem though like you guys are actually compatible or does it seem or is this like for sure in the short term bucket it's you know we've actually talked pretty openly about it at this point because we've been seeing each other kind of for a few months but we've and we do feel like while we have a good dynamic that ultimately um and maybe it's more so me but i do feel that it's a for like a healthy relationship it, it would it would be a problematic one i just i mean here's here's just to be you know honest i i went on two dates with two moms like back to back like in a week uh-huh. her being the second mom uh, the first mom we met on Tinder as well, I guess, or something, uh, one of those sites. And then we we went out. We had one drink. We had a little small talk. It was over. I, I walked her to her station wagon, and with her, like her kid stuff in the back, and like we didn't even kiss. And it was just like you know, all right, see you later. And we were talking for actually, we were talking for months, I think, like by text. So we finally meet, and oh, it was very anticlimactic and just like kind of boring. And she was just like, "Yeah," and we. It was just there was nothing. Um, and then days later, I was like, "I'm going on a date with another mom," and I pick her up, and totally 180 difference. Like this was a mom who was so excited to not have the kid around that it was like, you know, I don't know what it's like being a parent, but I, if you're, you know, sharing responsibility with a kid, but when you don't have your kid for a few days, I don't, I don't know how you celebrate. But she walked outside, lit up a cigarette, just got in my car, and was like let's go and like first place and like first thing we did was like <clears throat> go and just do tequila quick beach. Te- just it was beach. it was straight beach no it was <laughs> it was tequila shots and just like smoking butts and like and just getting wasted like totally different vibe but it was a good vibe like we had a good we have a good you know do you remember the night uh yeah i do remember it okay i do remember it i but mean we definitely you, got is drunk. it the kind of thing where okay Slept if I, together you know mm-hmm. if i hear somebody's like okay we went out and we got wasted i'm like well that's probably <laughs> no, not, not great well that's why is. i say that because that's what i'm that's but what, what i'm saying, saying so yeah. would you only get wasted like that with somebody that wasn't a long-term shot person or would you get wasted like that with i would uh, i would i guess i would think that if someone was just like putting it out there like let's just get absolutely wasted and have sex night one that they may not be putting me in that category of no, immediately putting fair. me in a, so i was like oh well if i'm already being if I i'm see. already being tossed into that idea of what this is you know instead of so uh, i went along for the ride and then that's kind of what it's been ever since like we we hang out we drink We'll just, we'll and you guys have talked about like that it's not anything serious. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Okay, but why are you wasting your time? Though? I don't know. Which is, I don't know. We went to Outback Steakhouse last night. Not Do you feel like it's taking up room, <laughs> seriously, in your like mental or emotional space that 
you mm. need for much. something else? No, not too much. Then, no. then it's not maybe the worst thing in the world. And I'm not Courtney, but I've he's been doing this for 11 years. I know, but he needs to change his mo, or he's always just going to do this forever. What's the point? It's not necessarily productive, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also maybe doing it too because I'm I'm not seeing I'm not dating like I'm not actively I haven't been actively dating for a little so bit because I've been on this the Dave self focus thing. I do like the Dave which is good, thing. but it's yeah, been like pulling away from dating a little f- bit, and this is kind of like a residual from pre pre work on Dave. Yeah, you know I what I mean. Feel like Dave should be like celibate for a bit until he like starts seeing a girl he cares about. I do celibate. think he's you, never I done do it. Think, I did five months. I when? do think you could fuck up, up until this girl. Oh, that's months. how long it had been. Oh, I did five months. Respect. Right. That's fair enough. I can you do got five a months. break after five months. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's but you might be approaching a new thing from like, when you get chlamydia and you give it to a bunch of people, <laughs> you're gonna take five months off. I didn't but, know we were gonna go there. <laughs> but Dave, <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> but Dave, it did make it that you were the number one chlamydian. Chlamydian, stand-up chlamydian <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> Number one chlamydia on the yeah. iTunes charts, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get his comedy album. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk. We'll We're like, that. you know, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's like, a, it's. Um, I think a lot of people can identify with the feeling of you want to do something different, but you're doing the same thing every day. And I think that can happen as a thing. Yeah, like and I'm like focusing on like one thing at a time, and um, and I and you know, if I feel like if I I feel like generally if I'm being honest and open with someone about how I feel that that should be enough. But I've had in the past where I've done that, and it didn't necessarily make the girl, uh, like lose any hope that it would turn into something. Right. Like the girl can still hope no matter how much I'm like this is not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. for her to like keep hanging out with me and hoping that something turns around. Right. So I can't just be like, here I am again in a situation where I'm like, hey, I don't know if this is going anywhere. I can't say that she doesn't have hope that it's it's going to go anywhere. And so, you know, I guess that's like part of the pattern, too, that it's like maybe it is a waste of time. But also it's like I'm, I'm not I'm not really doing much else right now. I just think, you know, yeah, you know, I- I mean, it's a little bit of a distraction. At least you're being like on the level with Is people. all casual sex bad and unproductive? No, I don't necessarily think so. Because also like you can't hurry meeting the person that you're going to meet. And like sometimes yeah. in the meantime, you got to get yours. But to, in Sophia's defense, you have been at this a long time. I've been at it a long time. <laughs> Not to say that there hasn't been be- great opportunities in those 11 years that are maybe opportunities, like maybe people I should have. It's just like maybe while you're distracted with this woman, there is someone else that you're going to like kind of let slip away that you could like be, I don't know. I'm not that distracted, honestly. I'm really not. Okay. I took her out to dinner last night to a a fancy Outback Steakhouse uh, as I, I'm a big chain restaurant guy, ladies. Um, So I'm not a big Chili's guy. If ladies didn't want you to put your peen in them before, now they're like, like, oh, I could get a Sizzler visit out of this? Honestly, like, all right. So like for years, I would would, um, joke with girls on, on internet dating sites that like if when they matched that I was like, let's go to Olive Garden. And like every now and then a girl would be like, Okay, yeah, all right, let's do that. 
like most of them would kind of laugh it off and be like, "There's no way yeah, you're taking it out." Yeah, because their breadsticks are garbage. I like their breadsticks. Anyway, I do too. so Ugh, both so of your garbage people. Here's the thing: I don't even like love. I like I like Olive Garden, but it's like one of those things where you kind of crave and then you have it. You're like, oh, wait, "Why terrible. did I crave this?" Right? Yeah. But then, like you know, two years go, <laughs> two years go by. Courtney's right. This is a good metaphor. What? <laughs> For your, for your dating, dating life. It is? Oh. Yeah, it's like, it's not that good, but I'll keep doing it. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, totally. You. Oh, yeah, I'm the Olive Garden. <laughs> Every the time I have it, I Dave realize... Dave Rankin, when you, the Olive Garden of dating. When Dave's in you, your family. Um, I think, like... And so, like, I would... I would Temporarily. I would, Dave's in you, both of you are indifferent. I Yeah. I so uh, every now and then a girl would be like, oh yeah, I'll go to Olive Garden, and and then they would totally back out when it was like time to actually go on the date. They would they would be like, yeah, can we not do that? Actually, and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. no kidding. And uh, one girl <laughs> finally I matched with. We talked a little bit, and I was like, Olive Garden, and she was like, yeah, there's one right by my house, and we went. <laughs> And we made out in the Olive Garden parking lot, and we never saw each other again. Who would have funked? Yeah, huh? probably both of you were ashamed after. So you ashamed. Like, Why did we? Do so ashamed. This? Did you eat the meal? We had a full Olive Garden meal. Gross. We made out in the Olive Garden parking lot, <laughs> and, and then she never uh, wanted to see me again. She was like, "You really did that." We really okay. I mean, that said, if Olive Garden wanted to sponsor Reality Bites, hey. I would not say no. So, so last night I did toss toss out the uh, like their salads. They're amazing salads at Olive Garden. <laughs> Tossed out. Hey, do you want to go to Olive Garden? Ha ha ha. Even though secretly I do want to go to. And she was like, ignored that text because that's what you should do. <laughs> A few minutes later, you were like. And what about Outback? Yeah, no, no, no. So I was like, uh, what about something else? Like Italian or and she was, and I think she was like, uh, so then she was like, I'm actually like not that hungry. I guess if I'm craving, kind of craving Outback. And I was immediately, I was like, yes, Outback Steakhouse. Done. Of course. Like, I'm not going to get it. I looked it up. She's like, I don't even know if there's one around here. I was like, nope, it's in Glendale, but we're still doing it. So we went to Glendale, drove 30 minutes to an Outback in which we were the last people there. She's like, whatever. If I can smoke a cigarette away yeah. from my kids. Exactly. She's fine. like, if I can have a couple. She had a couple <laughs> stiff drinks, a couple cigarettes. She's like, I'll eat this lobster tail. That's like not that great. That is amazing. It's like, you know. She brought me food when I was sick, though, like a good mom. And, and, uh, and, and I the best to you could do for her was take her to Outback. Not my mom. Just like, you know. So I took her, yeah, I thought that was nice to take her to Outback, you know? Okay, we'll keep our eye on this one. Yeah, this is a <laughs> slow burn, huh? <laughs> if she, hey, she plays her cards right. Red You'll lobster. give her another kid? A little red lobster, I'm thinking. Okay. Oh, God. Ugh. So we have another singleton in the house. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Michelle Singleton. What, what? Perfect transition for it. That's right. I've You're been a pro. At this for a second. You're a pro. <laughs> Um, no, Jessica's very, she's super funny. She's a great stand-up. Uh, she did a comedy store regular. She travels. She's on the road all the time. She's got a great podcast. It's yeah. called Ignorance is Blessed. Where she asks the kind of questions that people are usually embarrassed to ask mm. of her guests. Love it. Honestly, uh, it's, in, a, it's really just free-form conversations that are like really of education in the way that is like what I wish people did more of. Like if more, if more of us were honest about what we don't know. Or just felt comfortable asking uncomfortable questions. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, finish this podcast before you delve into hers, but definitely. 
<laughs> Courtney's like, let's not lose any listeners, though. Let's make sure they're still into this. We asked some, we asked questions, so uh, all the probing over here too. So you know, keep, keep, <laughs> keep tuned in keep on this your channel. Old reality biters in mind before you switch the channel. <laughs> no, because if you're if you're looking for answers here too, though, we're we're giving them. So you know. No, we had a great combo with yeah. her, right? Yeah, uh, it was great, and she told us what inspired her new uh, solo show called uh, Codependent Arising. Hint, it's codependent. <laughs> yep. Bad breakups turning into amazing art. Yeah, we it's yeah, a pretty common that. and wonderful thing. We have a, a yeah, we delve into her breakup a little bit, and you guys can learn the rest of the stuff for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> this got real argumentative. <laughs> But uh, I think a lot of people are going to be able to identify with uh, Jessica Michelle because she also talks about like having kind of a fucked up childhood and yeah. what and making something of that something amazing, pretty inspiring. So, so. here we go. DP. That's okay. where I started. Yeah. <laughs> TP. Hot mic. QP. We're here with the, the double penetration episode of Reality Bites. Yeah. We just invented quadruple penetration. We call it QP. Yeah. It's, it's Wait, hot. it's doable. I'm That's thinking. ears. Those are ears? No. I mean, I don't want to. Look, we're not going to tell you even how I have small ears, so. We would need some accessories to make the quadruple penetration work. I mean, we The key it. is figuring out how to unhinge your jaw, and then you can really get a lot in there. I'm like an anaconda. Is I that mean, an, no, a python. I unhinge my pussy. That's how I do <laughs> it. You unhinge your jaw, I yeah. unhinge my pussy. We both, we both are. Just mass consumption. Yeah, at least two dicks each. Yeah. Per orifice. Yes. This is a great chill show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm celibate, so. <laughs> You are okay. So we yeah, are let's here. Get serious. We are here. Oh, I got so serious. Serious, you guys. <laughs> we are here with Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm here. I did it. Yay! <laughs> I got out of the house. We're so excited. You, I wish you guys could see her hair. Her curls. Um, are I did this for you guys. I, I know. Like, so I'm gonna be we, on the show. Let me do my hair for the listeners. We you did a psycho. So we you really guys hear the hair. You, you're gonna, you're gonna be on video. JK. Oh. She just did the herbal essences toss. Did you guys hear? It was it? great, it was you guys. I'm hell. very attractive and hot and sexy. She is. But wait, don't you, ever look at me online. <laughs> you were just saying you were celibate. Is that real? Oh, I mean, self-imposed. Yeah, I guess I'm not going like. No, so that's not true. Yeah, tell I'm us the truth. I'm just not. I Jessica feel like Michelle. I was a rampant, just sex monster for so long, and now that I'm not now having that it's casual one. sex, I f- it feels like celibacy. I'm not hooking up a lot. I hook, but but I did hook up with someone last week. So Ooh. not um, so celibate. So I broke it. Celibate ish. Let me tell you something though. I hooked up with this guy last week, and it had been a few months since I'd hooked up with anyone, which is not really a big deal. But for me. That's a pretty, That's pretty a long yeah. time. Uh-huh. It felt like the last time Brett Favre came out of retirement, like just really sad. <laughs> I went down on this guy so much that. That was with my Jets, too. That's my team. I'm did so that. sorry that you had to. I was this man's Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brett Favre to the Jets. Like, I, I went down on him to the point that I had. Okay, you know, like, this is hard to explain on an audio podcast, but you know how, like, you. Tear snot? No, but you know when you like move your lips over your teeth to be a good person and not be like, ah, mm-hmm. so you like do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I had teeth marks on the inside of my top lip <gasps> from just like 
really giving I've it my there. all. Wow. <laughs> and the Russian judge gives you a 10. Thank you. I'm like a retired slut. Uh, uh, like just... But can you really t- retire? You Come can on. never really t- retire. If you're a game. diva, you're a diva. You for never life. really get if out of the game. If you are a BJ master, you're I'm a the BJ MJ of BJs. <laughs> yeah. the MJ so, BJs. So, what was your criteria for hooking up with this guy? Were you feeling um, the feels? Tequila. Oh no, <laughs> actually, that's not true. But I was a little drunk, which I think put me over the edge where I would have been like, I'm. He's like, I'm into this guy, and he's like very sweet, and I, I have, I have like a some type of attraction to him but like it's just a like, brotherly <laughs> well yeah how else am i supposed to get wet <laughs> no he it's like someone who i have like a little cute crush on but i don't actively think about there's not a huge emotional thing but he's he's a good person it's so. like when they're around you're like oh i'd fuck that but I'm when like, they're oh, not you're it. like living your life yeah and i also just think i i was a little mm, what's the word ovulating i was just like oh uh, yes i need a dick i gotta hold a dick in mm. my mouth in mm. my body your my pupils were all large and shit he's just like all I, I don't know why but I gotta put it in there it was honestly that's right what place at the right ovulate. time <laughs> I tweeted something and it was not a thirst tweet but it was just like uh, I can't believe I'm out of the house and it's not for a show and then it just at some point turned into a text message where I was like hey what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you know live and learn do you get a lot of dicks on the road you tour a lot right I, I do I tour a lot I don't get a lot of dicks on the road do you I, want to no is the road is, dick it's not, gross? It's not like I couldn't have sex with people on the road, but the people I could have sex with, I don't want to. Mm. I've also, I'm also someone that I feel like I have to have some sort of personality mm-hmm. connection. And a lot of the people I meet on the road. The people that hit have hit on me when I've been out of town. They're just like, I heard A, you say no, that I'm thing. married and still don't care. Yeah. And then B, are not people I would want to fuck. Yeah, they're like, I heard you make that joke about your butthole. And yeah. I'm like, oh, exactly. Well. That's all it takes. They're like, oh, are you aware of your body? Yeah. That means you want my dick inside That means you'll you. have sex with all of us, right? And it's like, no. It's crazy because male comics will get I, I can't speak to the intellectual. I have sex with caliber. all my fans. Yeah, but all it's like, of them. And there's like cute girls. Anyone who even says anything nice to me. Yeah, it's. There's like he's the when you're on the road, the perception of people in the audience a lot of times is that like you're famous if you're like a small town in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So I think male comics clean up, yeah. but for women, it's intimidating. Yeah, I think I, I mean I think men are intimidated by us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh she's got she speaks her yeah. mind and. Knows what like, she, I'm the funny one. It's yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's really hard for men. That's that's what makes dating hard too. Is that men want to? That's a thing they bring to the table. And when you're better at it, they're like, oh. They're like, yeah. So what do I? Have? But I know all well, these movie quotes. Yeah. I'm also poor. <laughs> that, like, does that help? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very poor. They're like, funny was all I had, and I don't have that much of it. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you should find a guy, a money guy. Yeah, he has money. You have comedy, and then that's. I that's wish I. The exchange. I wish I cared more about money. But if you're like well adjusted and rich, it's just harder to it's relate. Hard. If you are not. Yeah, from I that. dated a guy who came from a. I didn't realize not super wealthy, but just a put together family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was a mistake. It took <laughs> me a long time to be like. Well, I also know my family's so fucked up that I have to go. Oh, a family loving each other isn't weird what's your, fa- what's your family dynamic i mean my mom has borderline personality disorder she lives in south korea now where she works for the government our government uh <laughs> and then my dad abandoned the family he like abandoned me when i was like eight or nine and do you have siblings i have an older brother and then two younger stepbrothers from my mom remarrying and i am doing the best out of all of us and i'm not doing that <laughs> but i look like i might as well be running a hospital at this point like just really killing it 
But you are killing it. You are. I mean, I'm doing comedy store regular. You are a crusher on stage. Every time I've seen you you go up. You got a hell of a podcast. You crush so hard. Your (laughs) podcast. Do you want to talk about ignorance Ignorance is is blessed? blessed. Hashtag blessed. Which, by the way, I always feel like I have to qualify that I know that that's not the the phrase. Ignorance is blessed. I know it's ignorance is bliss because of the amount of people that go. Um... I'm like, oh, yeah, no. that's the point. You know what that reminds me of? Gene Gray, this great rapper that I follow, oh, yeah? will f- occasionally tweet for fun. Okay, I'll bite. So who is Jean Gray? <laughs> and all the men explaining it to her and going crazy, being like, you don't know who that is? Instead of being like, this woman named herself after Jean. She understands where she's so not a funny. fucking idiot but she does this all the time and it, every time it's a trap it's that like gets thing. men yeah people go like oh you don't know and uh i i don't know i um the whole <laughs> and i don't know uh well the whole premise of the podcast is like asking people really dumb questions about whatever the topic is so like i like it's what's dope is you're brave right like you ask anything well it's like you're taking be, like, the like bullet for to. stupidity but some of the questions are just outright like there's no need to ask that, but a lot of times it's, yeah, it's questions that people are like, well, I have that question, but I'm not going to ask it. I also like that there's not <laughs> really, like, it's not like there's like crazy shit on your podcast, yeah. but you're not like, the PC police are not around. They are no. not, it is not in their jurisdiction. <laughs> that's good. I can't, well, that's the thing is, and I wanted, because I feel like with, the whole PC culture and maybe it's the bubble we're in in LA where it seems like LA plus LA comedy. It's maybe it's heightened and it's not as, yeah, I don't know. Who knows how real, yeah. How big of a deal that is anywhere else. Cause it can, you see people get like lit up by the LA comedy community and you're like, this is the death of them. But like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, Oh, I just feel like we're PCing our way into not asking questions, which is yes. the opposite of helpful. Because I'm like, you can't just tell people to shut up when they say like, don't know about things, and then expect it to be okay. Like you, you're just silencing someone who's like, well, I, I don't understand why cops are bad, and then they're like, they're just gonna sit on that. They're not gonna start agreeing with you. Yeah, they're just gonna get more and more bitter. So yeah, and the shame and. Like perpetuating shame is like uh, really dangerous. We yes. were reading this. All, the three of us read this article that was in the New York Times that was like about what men say in therapy about Me Too, and that's what the therapist was saying. Yes, was just like the that shame is like the most dangerous part. I of agree. It. We need to be like, yes, no, you're not the worst person in the world for having a close call and like. Let's talk about it so you can do it differently. Yeah. Instead it's like of being like, fuck you, you monster. Yeah. The whole like, all men, all men, all straight white men, all straight men are monsters. And it's like, okay, well, this yeah, can't work out long term. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the anger 100%, mm-hmm. but let's talk about your show. My show? Oh, oh yes. Oh, my Edinburgh show. Yeah. Um, it's called Codependent Arising. It's my first time doing Edinburgh Fringe. That's awesome. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's I'm like gonna- a month. Yeah, I've been yeah. wanting to do it for a few years. I, re- I heard about it like, you know, yeah. years ago. And I was like, that. Cause mm-hmm. I, I just, that's it's like aw- a certain rite of passage for comedians. I think too. so. And I think my, I love live performance so much. It's always been a thing that, uh, I don't know. I struggle to try to force myself to do the other shit where, you know, trying to do, you know, things to make your name be out there, more TV, whatever. I don't. You shine Care. live. You shine live. <laughs> it's just like I just I just enjoy it more. And I'm like, I mean, I 
would love to make it easier for myself to get booked by being like, and she was on the Tonight Show, but sure. we're just not there yet. Whatever. But um, the show is different than my stand-up. I, um, it's a, it's a one-woman show. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I hate how that sounds because like I want to do one too. The but stigma it behind sucks. it. Yeah, people are like, boo, women talking about themselves. I don't like it. <laughs> it just seems like, to I hear that and I don't know what it is. I mean, when you're talking about like Big, Big Lebowski, like the image in my head of just like, oh, you're doing a one-person show, so... In my yeah, head, for some yeah. reason, I'm like, so things aren't working out, and it's yeah, like, no, yeah. there could be so great. <laughs> and for so many people that kicked off their careers, white, and they're so creative show. and amazing, and you'll see them, and they blow your mind. <laughs> and still, when we all hear it, the association instantly is—it's just like, oh, you had a manic episode. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you just go to rehab? Yeah, yeah and I like, like, I need to talk about. It. And that's what his mind is about: going to a ten-day silent meditation. That's what I'm and saying. And it's just like, here we go, trying to, because I want to, I want to do the thing where when you explain something. There's people who are really good at promoting themselves and they just go, oh, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And they say it like they just love it. And I do love what I'm doing, but I can't bring myself to love saying that like, it's so great. It's innovative. You know, like these like buzzwords. So awkward. You guys tell me it's good though. Unlike anything you've ever seen. But it's, I went through a breakup last September and uh, I was real devastated. Um, it was, was it a surprise? Tell us a little bit about the breakup. It was okay. Was so it mutual? If I really sat and thought about it, like <laughs> now, it was coming. Like he broke up with me, but if he hadn't, a couple weeks down the road, it would have been me. Like, you know. Really? Were you there? It was just done. And I was just holding on to, well, here's the thing is that uh, it's someone I love very much just as a human. Uh, so it was just this fucked up codependent, like I love him as a person and he was in a bad place. And I was like, I don't want him. I want, I have that codependent thing where I'm like, my self-worth immediately is affected if the person I love isn't doing well. And he has chronic depression. Are, are you a fixer? Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Because it makes you feel less fucked up. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yes. I it's people. like, oh, I, let me put all my energy into helping yeah. you. But I become a fucking piece of shit. Of where it's just like, oh, whatever you need. And I just like wither away. Like, I once had a therapist tell me that I was like the tree in the giving tree. And I was oh, like, this no, hurts me no. here. I'm just a stump. And I'm like, what I take whatever you need. <laughs> that is my favorite book. It's such and a good last book. book I've ever read. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. Well, it's just like, it is a really good book. But then when you like hear that and you look back at the book and you're like, it's really sad. Oh, up. Christ. It's sad, yeah. That And that man just like, I'll just build a boat out of your branches. Just take everything. But, um... In retrospect, it was a relationship where it sh- we should have never dated. We've talked about this. Um, I'm actually doing his podcast after this. But, <laughs> oh, um, my God. Yes. It was a thing. Like, where- I'm doing a run around town about how we should have never gone out. Yeah, I'm doing a campaign. <laughs> I'm really getting ahead of the fire here. Uh, that's still going only in my soul. Uh, <laughs> months later. Um no, it was just a thing where uh, we got together extremely quickly. It was someone I never would have thought I dated. We had like one little magical moment and we're like, let's just cling to this and run it into the ground. Also, that magical moment, by the way, we had both taken an edible and we're like, this is love. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Like, Jesus, what the fuck were we thinking? How long were you together? 10 months, which is- A long time. Pretty, pretty, yeah. And that's a pretty decent amount of time. And it's also my- like standard for me um, is that I go like right up to like nine, 10 months. And then usually I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm out of serotonin. Yeah. Like- that's what all, you know, all the magic things yeah, you see sure, someone sure. for who they are and you're like, 
Like, do I want to do this? Yeah. And there have been times where like arguably it was like emotional running where I'm like, it's like a self-defense like, oh, it's getting too close. I need to go. But there's also times where I just was like, my God, you're (laughs) disgusting. And I've I've been fucking you for months. (laughs) I I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen in a breakup where it's just like, and it's it's like, I'll try to hold on and be like, the love was there. And then by the end, it's like they fart and you're like, I wish you were dead. (laughs) I hate it. It's the thing that you used to laugh at and you're like, they're fucking piece of shit. That's hilarious because uh, I like generally have anger issues. And when I'm like fighting with whoever I'm with, which for the last 13 years has been the same person. (laughs) It's it's a whole thing in my head where I'm like, when I look at him, I'm like, I fucking hate you. And I wish you were dead in my head. And I'm like, don't say that. Like, don't you say you can't that. Take that's that back. awful. Yeah. So I just literally have to scale down just my like process rage it. to where I'm like, you don't mean that. You're just saying crazy things. But like the voice inside me is like, no, no, you mean it. No, this fire is burning. <laughs> we got to get now, this out of here. Since I've been on Prozac, it's hilarious because now I can't get that worked up. Anymore. Really? And it is bizarre. It's oh. like being a different person that I'm like, is this what you and now her husband is just like, like foreign, right? <laughs> well, yeah, in the last couple of months, I did this 10-day silent meditation. So the, the whole show is an immersive show about going on a 10-day silent meditation. But basically, it's me on stage and there's a screen and it's what's going on in my head. So I'm like trying to heal myself like emotionally, whatever, and I'm losing my mind and having like physical pain because I have a, an autoimmune disease. So it's all these thoughts and weird characters and flashbacks in my head. And then I'm on stage essentially doing silent physical comedy. Um, but it opens with everyone like as if we're all on this meditation and I'm like, ah, yeah, no, it's, we'll see. I'm fine. You know, like I had a little bit of a breakup, no big deal. You know, just trying to keep it together. And then you see this stuff in my head and you're like, oh my God, this woman is like hurting and also losing it. Mm. Um, and it's just a whole emotional journey. Um, but, oh, but after I did that, I've had a lot more, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with my emotions and kind of recognizing them and going okay well yeah like you're anxious that's fine it'll go away I'm very big into like feelings past now Uh uh-huh but I have a lot more moments of calm a thing I never had before but when I first started having them it was almost like I felt I felt like my soul this is gonna sound not any I don't know what I was gonna say insane not any more insane than anything else but I felt like inside I was like hello like the emotions were gone I'm like where's the where's that feeling in my chest where I'm panicking why am I not then I was like worrying about the fact that I wasn't worrying and I'm like this is I'm not sad I'm not crazy happy because you were silent for 10 days well I don't know if that's what did it but I sort of breakthrough that I think I had some sort of breakthrough where I'm able to have calm because I attached and I still I still do in moments and I'm still working on it but I attach so much of my identity and who I am to how I feel Mm mm-hmm like yeah, I identified same. as a depressed person. Like I, my sadness was like, oh, I guess this is just part of me. Yes. Oh, where I think I heard you say, maybe it was on your podcast that where you were like, no, I'm, I am the de- depressed person. And then when I would have moments of happiness, I'd be like, who's this other person? Yeah, I, that's, but that's, I'm the depressed person, not the other way around, which is like. Yeah, where it couldn't be that I'm like, okay, today or in this moment, right now I'm happy and that's great. Let me just enjoy it while it's here. Yeah. Instead, it was like, I've said this before. I said it on my podcast, but like, I would be like, what is this some sort of manic episode? It's like, yeah. no, you're just happy. 
<laughs> this totally is speaking to me. Yeah. As yeah. a bipolar person, I was just so used to extreme highs and lows Yes, that it's hard to recognize just happiness or calmness as like a positive and because you're so used to the other feeling. That you, you get addicted. I was like yeah. a, addicted yeah. to feeling. Exactly. And, and I you're, still struggle with it because it's like, I'll lean into when I get sad, just like, here we go. Yeah. Let me turn on some sad country and be the worst cartoon of a sad person. But yeah, getting moments where because for most of my life, I didn't even know you could. Oh yeah, just, just a new feeling being like you just exist. It's crazy. Sad country. Shut up. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I my life is a sad country song. I identify with sad country. I lived in Southern Mississippi from like three years old until sixth grade, and then my mom moved us in a car to Alaska, which is like the Mississippi of the North, basically. Totally. So yeah, sad country. Okay, hey, my dad hey. left me in a waffle house. Share Let me that me Spotify this. playlist. I'm... Let me have my sugar land. <laughs> so, so when you were doing this retreat, were you like working out your codependency issues, or like it was because it was post breakup? So like it was you just, just sort of, were in that headspace. I was in like a just an eat, pray, love, like uh-huh. because I was sad. Breakups are hard in general because your life changes. It's like an ego wound in that you. I was broken up with. And also it's, even if you don't want it, part of your identity becomes I'm with this person, Mm -hmm. which I think is a lot of times why I leave relationships because I start panicking. Like, I don't want to be so-and-so's girlfriend. Like, that's such a huge thing for me. I have identity issues, whatever. There's no time. Um, But it was just like, I, I had been talking about doing this silent meditation for years and I had signed up a few times and I canceled. And so I signed up for that. I booked a trip to Hawaii. I took one guitar lesson and I was like, you know, I need to relax. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, that was a step too far. (laughs) Because I just, I knew. Making your own sad country album. Yeah, I am still not totally giving up on that idea. If anyone out there wants to do the music, I can't play anything, but I got some pipes. Okay. You play drums. We'll we'll put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. A good kick drum. She's yeah. That's all. She's a kick drummer. Mini drum set for child. She said she got it out of her system. You guys, I'm not kidding. There's no time for that. But I've already written the lyrics. Forty songs. (laughs) That's true. I have a whole album. Yeah. So it was just kind of a a thing where I'd been wanting to do it, but. The year before I was signed up, by the way, and I started dating him, and he's like, you should come meet my family at Christmas. And I was like, I'll cancel. I'm going to meet his family. This is love. (laughs) Ugh. But (laughs) so I just went and was like, okay, well, I don't know if it'll heal anything specifically or what, but it can't hurt me to like try to calm my brain. Um, I was just really shocked at how bad I was hurt after the breakup. Like I knew... They're sad, but I was, it triggered a lot of things. Were like, you, were you, are you traditionally sad after breakups or this was like an especially um, bad one? I get one? a little sad after breakups. I usually am the one doing the breaking up. So I'm ah. sure that played into it. But also, um, I think it, I have like deep seated abandonment issues from my childhood and like all this shit. So I think this relationship was the first time I, I was, I think I let myself be fully open. Like I was like, I'm like, no walls. This is who I am. Take me as I am. And I'm like, he doesn't want me. <laughs> I show. I was like, I'll be myself. And he's like, your self is probably too much for me. And I can't really give yourself what you need. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm rejected on the deepest level. So it just like the sadness coming up was from that. But it was also so much like just deep shit of like worthlessness and like being because I was like just being left by my dad and stuff, I think, which is a weird thing to like have 
triggered, but I was like, uh oh. Uh, I mean, I got physically ill from it, which is oh, not man. a thing. You do research and like heartbreak literally kills yeah. people. But yeah. I was like, like between my bed and the bathroom for like a week, mm-hmm. two weeks right after just like vomiting. I couldn't eat. Oh my God. I couldn't do, like I couldn't. Were you like anything? hot skinny though? So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, it was great. That was like, at least I'm going to come out of this thin, which is also on a deeper level hard because I found out at some point in the relationship, he's got like, uh, like, uh, an eating disorder. No, but he's got a like fetish for really big girls. Mm. Oh. And like within the relationship, I learned that. And I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do with that information? I was like, oh, I'm not. You're like, I can't do that. Like he, That's and, not what I look and like. And we talked about how, if, I mean, in the breakup where you say things, we're like, let me try to make this comforting as I break this person's heart. Where he's like, I am in love with who you are. And I was like, please don't finish that sentence where like, I know that you're not physically attracted yeah. to me. I just need you to not say that out loud. Uh, so I don't know. It was just this whole like flood of, I think I had opened myself in a way that allowed me to, bring all the shit that I had never brought up up anyway. So I went to that 10 day silent meditation and like on day four, when I had started, I mean, you're processing shit constantly, but probably day four or five, I was like, Oh, this, this is a show. <laughs> Cause I've been wanting to do something for Edinburgh and I didn't want to do regular standup. I was like, I want to do something different. I want to challenge myself. And I was like, Oh God, this, cause it's just a roller coaster. And also just, I mean, you guys have heard me this entire like me being silent. What a nightmare! <laughs> so you wait so for me, you, but you, and not for you guys. You're, si- you're silent the entire show. Uh, no. It in the beginning you speak. You in said? the beginning I speak because it's setting it out. Right. And right. then like, but then for the you're, you're I'm just doing basically silent. You're yeah, a mime. Yeah. There may or may not be breaks with the silence. I might snap. I haven't decided. I've decided. Um, yeah. No, it's like quiet, and it's me trying to like. Okay, keep it tucked in and like... Oh, I love it. Because it's also like in the meditation, they're like, not just no no talking, it's no like, none of the like eye contact. You're not allowed to have silent communication with anyone either. You just have to like... Look down and Keep to yourself. Wow. So you're just trapped with all of your feelings. So when when you left the meditation retreat, were you like, okay, I'm better. I'm... I'm definitely better. I felt like I was in a better place, but also because of it's because of the way they teach you meditation there. Cause it's, um, it's technically a course it's Vipassana, which was like started in Buddhism. You don't have to be Buddhist to do it. I'm not Buddhist. Um, but, uh, they just, it really ingrains in you this idea of impermanence and how things are going to come mm-hmm. up and they're going to go away and that's okay. So I've just felt in a much better place to handle when emotions came on. And, but like when I left, I was calm. I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't leave. Cause there were a few days where I was like, fuck this. I got to get out of here. And they take your phone. You have no, I mean, you're oh my God. disconnected wow. out in the desert. And, um, I felt way better actually coming back and like turning on my phone and coming back to society was sort of a jolting. Like that took an adjustment. Cause I got hit with a wave of emotions. Cause I was like, oh, people in constant ding, everyone like, yeah. you know, not We're everyone. not meant to like, live like that. I didn't turn on my phone and get it quite as many texts as I thought I would get, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah immediately jumps you back to the, like the shallow piece of shit you were yeah. before Sorry the retreat. Did you? Like, oh, so no one cared that I was gone. I'm like, did okay. I get reviews on my podcast while I was away? Yes, <laughs> um, am I still worthy according yeah. to these metrics? <laughs> uh, 
But it definitely, it made me, yeah, it changed me in a way that I almost sometimes am worried is, I'm still doing comedy. I obviously wrote this whole show and like I'm still getting up, but, and I'm going to keep, I love, I can't imagine myself without comedy, but I wonder if the way I feel sometimes I go like, oh, is this going to affect my comedy? I don't know. I don't think you it's have all to an torture. evolution. And, yeah. you, know, you know, it's like the more things you learn. I mean, naturally, what you do is you process them into jokes when you're yes, stand up. Exactly. So you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, like well, the next stage of the jokes is going to happen and it's going to be good and it'll be exactly. you. And, and I'm it not is, it's still happening. Worried. But that's that thing in your head. Do you guys get like that? Where Always. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, if I'm not fucked up. Definitely. Or like, yeah. No, <laughs> I have that a little. I have money shit. I have a lot of money shit. So. Like I always, and now I'm like in a slightly safer position just because like I live with my boyfriend and like, I'm not going to be destitute, You're like, but I have okay. that same thing where I'm like, oh my God, if I'm not suffering, like, is you, it, is it, is it going to be, am I going to be as motivated? It's like fucking yes. I need yeah, something. That's like- what, how it felt when I like got married and like suddenly I was like wait I'm not going it alone and like I'm not gonna go broke and I can like pursue my things I still feel like unworthy even when you have the money to spend on the things suddenly it's just like but it's not my money it's our money but it's not my money but like why should I he's like what are you fucking talking about like you know I have the advantage I'm giving you the advantage so you can pursue your art like this makes me happy like yeah and you're like I still feel gross yes (laughs) which is so funny it's hard it's hard to get used to good shit yeah we're all like that and I also feel like it's so weird because even just on a small scale getting help from someone as far as like referred to a show or a Mm -hmm. club I go I don't fucking but when the when the roles reverse I don't mind I love helping people we all love it like I want to help yeah if someone is funny of course you'll give their name you'll like yeah always I push the shit out of anyone never think about it but when it's for us you're like I'm in a trash bag don't yeah no I deserve nothing that's part of our new life, Sophia. We just blind email people now. <laughs> Welcome. We're just like, well. Um, Dude, getting over that hump is huge. But Dave also, I kind of want to have you guys talk a little bit because Dave recently has had the realization that like he is worthy of maybe finding someone good. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, look so, at you. Yeah. yeah so, there. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you have any like advice or any epiphanies you've had about your dating shit? Take it from you- me. A lone wolf. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, like it's fucking way more relatable for him well, to get advice nine from months. you. You're like nine, ten oh, months. I'm like three months. Through out of a breakup? No. Like, I date someone for oh, three months. Oh, date someone months. for three months. Oh, wow. Which is not even a relationship. Well, you know what though? It's, in my I used to beat myself up over breakups. Like I would go because I, uh, I would be like, what's wrong with me that I can't just keep loving someone? And you have to give yourself a little credit in that like it's, in my opinion, very rare for people to be meant to be together forever. But we're taught it's the norm. So we perceive a relationship mm-hmm. ending as a failure. True. Whereas like, instead of going, what a blessing. We had this great relationship. Or when you're in a long one going like, oh my God, we still love each other. That's fucking yeah. crazy. Like the odds are insane. But we go like, it didn't work out. I guess I suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, whenever people break up, I'm like, 
instead, after being together for a long time and people are like, oh, it's a failed marriage. I'm like, no, no, no. It's an extremely successful relationship. Yeah. They were together for Look years. what they, they did. together and in together. They got married. They had a kid. They grew as me? people. That is such a huge accomplishment. Everybody yeah. should be walking away being like, wow, we did it. And we're more equipped to do it next time if we want to. Yes, I agree. When I just think that, I mean, there's that. And then like, I don't know. I'm in a place now where my life is not at all set up for a relationship. I still have the thoughts of like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? And I'm literally in town for like 10 of the next 100 days. I'm like, I just got to meet the right guy who's going to sit here and wait for me. <laughs> but I, well, I do Make think- a strong impression in like eight days. And then, and then have him pine after you. Exactly. And don't, don't you dare look at another one. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it's kind of about finding the right person and allowing, allowing yourself to be open to the idea that like, A, that, that that's a possibility, but also that it's okay if someone you find d- ends up not being the right person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And not sure. needing, I mean. And not needing Do someone. you feel different after going for it with your last relationship and being vulnerable? Do you feel more set up to do that again? Like, Dave, do you think that well, I guess you need to have you that feel, I mean, you're, change? You're, you're, if you're, co- I mean, I'm very independent. Like, I'm pretty fiercely independent. And if, so I'm, I'm not codependent. And I don't, and so therefore, I think if you're, you may be picking people who are, you think initially are, a good match like or something yeah well i think there's a lot of deep-seated like i don't realize that i that i go like oh i can i can help you (laughs) well that's not good yeah and i've been that person and i don't do it intentionally but like when i look back i'm like oh but i also think because of the way i've lived it's i still like am not sure how to love someone without doing that i am still dating the same people that i was previously fixed trying to fix and now i date them without trying to fix them I think that's fine. I don't. I, I don't think don't you're. But it's not moving pot- forward. I don't He's been see single them as, for eleven years. They're still not years. potential people. I, should I feel be like with. these are two totally different why situations. Why do you? Uh, wait. So you date people and you do uh, you don't at all go. I could see this going somewhere. Then what Every are you doing? Every now and then. Why do you date people that you? Do you like it in the moment? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I like that. I think that. I think I'm also not seeing myself as someone who may be in a position. I. I honestly. I don't know. In a position to what? I don't know if I was like, like see a, myself as someone like I if I'm if I'm even convinced that, that, that I should be dating this or like Dave, dating at all. Before we started recording, you literally said you stay away from the danger zone, which is love yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty eight well, to thirty five. No, well, just wait. like someone he could potentially connect with. In oh, a you do you like date younger people because you're like I they're not gonna. Older. Well, yeah. this is again. Oh. I'm out of that anyway because I'm thirty seven now. So. Like, I feel like I'm already So now past. you're extra creepy. I'm extra. Yeah, like I'm dating. out of that that world anyway. I mean, I am in that. I mean, yeah. So when I was like in my early 30s, like doing comedy and and I didn't feel like I provide, I could provide what I thought a woman in the age range of my age would want. I oh, just because- would avoid that, that age. Well, that's a huge thing for men, isn't it? Where it's like part of, I don't know if the word's a manhood. But like the That's validity, what made to believe the validity of being Society. a man is that you can provide for a Bring woman a and or a family. That's I was like I was struggling statement. with that my age and and feeling like uh, you know the societal pressures of what I'm supposed to be and what I'm and then realizing oh I'm definitely not that not anywhere and near so that. I had I would date girls yeah 28, 30, 32, and you know very quickly they would be like no not this guy 
Yeah, well, because they're like, well, but then a 25 year old girl would be like, I just like that you're pursuing your art. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, cool. You're like, she's that's all my I dreams. care about, you know? Yeah, that's hard for men. I've dated, I like the, my last relationship, it was a huge deal that like he never made me feel weird about it, but I knew that it was an internalized in the way, I don't know, being more successful than someone as a woman, I think that mm. fucks with a lot of men's mm-hmm. psyche. Even if they like support you and they're happy for you, like they want you to do well, but men are just told from such a young age, like you. Yeah. I think it's really, it's you're like supposed one, to take care of the, the person. And the older you get, I think the pressure, it just keeps kind of hitting building. your shoulder and building, building and building. And so, I don't know. I, I, I think that's been the, the part of the reason I think I date the way I, I'm, and now I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, so it's just your pattern. I also like don't think there's necessarily anything totally wrong as long as you're upfront about it. I think I I don't mislead people. I don't go in like real hot and then pull away. And you're like, we're gonna because that's that's the worst. That's I'm I'm pretty. I'm I put it out there the whole time. Like this is you're like this is going nowhere, and they keep dating. And if they ask me, I'll tell them. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with dating in the moment and not worrying about like. Except for if you're unhappy, which I think Dave is getting to the point yeah. of being unhappy with it. Yeah, as long but as long as you're enjoying it, but staying in it to be like, I don't know, I guess for like, why I do mean, we? It's either you or me with my cat again. So if you're just filling a void of, <laughs> oh, I'm that not gonna like be. So what do you what do you want for? You just want to be open to the possibility of love without like needing it. Yeah, I think that um, I think that's where I'm at. Is that I wanna. I still love the idea of love. I think I have a little more healing to do because just to make sure I'm over those tendencies because it's easy to feel like you're not as codependent when you're alone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like, you know what? Actually, I don't do I that did. anymore. <laughs> um, but like, There's no one else here, but I'm doing great. It's like I'm not my... Yeah, well, my self-esteem is immensely higher when I'm not in a relationship because I'm not putting it into someone else's, like, quote, control. Not that it's ever really in their control, but I don't put who I am on them um so i like the idea of being open to it i feel like it's probably gonna be a while before i settle down i also think i have to accept that because of the lifestyle i've chosen which i love it's i'm now more aware that because i think i've tried to just get into relationships out of some sort of normalcy like i can have it all and i think it's gonna for me to be in a sustaining long-term like actually loving relationship it's gonna take a very specific unique not in like a like it's gonna take a unique person that like i'm sure maybe is out there but i don't think that they're that common so i'm not looking for it anymore and but i'm open to like if they came along i love that attitude actually yeah i think when you're not looking to complete yourself with someone else yeah and you're looking to just be the best version of you and be open to the possibility of meeting somebody i think that's when you meet somebody I think that's how it works. People know, always like want to fuck that. up. Thank God. Your, no, like no. People want to like fuck up your zen. It's like the second you give off the self-satisfied, self-good vibes that you're like sitting and you're like, yeah, I'm fucking dope. It's like men smell that. Men from other cities that you've stopped talking yeah, like, to smell that. Yeah, Let oh, me come ruin your shit. Oh, the they're immediately. That's what I mean. Like that's when you meet somebody. Not necessarily because. You know, it's just men can smell it. They're just like, you're satisfied without me, my participation. Let me knock this down. Let me just take this down a pick. Well, and it's the same on the opposite too. I have friends that like so desperately like want a partner. And I'm like, oh, you got to stop. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you men can smell that and it is not a good smell. Yeah. <laughs> desperate and yeah. people don't like it when someone's like needy about meeting somebody versus like, oh, this would me be a nice addition to my life. Yeah. And I think there was a moment after the breakup where I was like, Am I just gonna be closed off to love forever? Because it hurt. And now I feel like I'm in a good place where No. If it came along, you know, I'm not totally I I would see it, I think. I love that. Maybe you'll find it in Scotland. Yeah. Yes. Scotland. <laughs> Tell me about your about all the accented uh, sex you're going to have. Oh, my have God. It. I mean, it's the biggest fringe festival in the world. So I'm going to have sex with the dirtiest, weirdest I don't know. That's international the thing is that, like, crew. I different the 15 to 20 theater nerds. Yeah. Wow. We all came back to double penetration. Wow. What a beautiful episode. Came full circle. So, I'm going to get come on by a full circle of men. Scottish we, double we penetration. We are the world. And they're just going like, to be in the middle of a Stonehenge of dicks. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see because I feel like any other summer in my life, if I were single, without a doubt. And now I'm like, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this will go in terms of that, too, because who knows? I can't wait for your new adventures. So when is when is the festival? It is August 2nd through the, well, it's technically the 3rd through the 26th. I'm also doing a preview show on the 2nd. So I'll be there. If you're in Scotland for Edinburgh French, I'm there every night. Amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. And tell people when your podcast comes out. Ignorance uh, is blessed. Ignorance is blessed. It comes out in theory weekly, but sometimes not. Uh, <laughs> go look that. it up. I have one coming out this, uh, I think, Wednesday. And it'll be... I don't know if anyone knows Tom Goss, but he's he's great. Tom Goss from the Mean Boys podcast. And we're talking about all his he's been like in and out of psych words. We talk about psychosis and growing up with mental illness. And it's very interesting. And uh, yeah, I got some some cool people coming. up. Awesome. Very awesome. Well, and where can people find you online? At JMS Comedy. Look that up. You'll find me everywhere. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so Thank much. You. Hope you guys enjoyed the latest episode of Reality Bites. If you liked what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave us those five stars. And leave us a sexy review. Sexiest review gets a shout out on the pod. And if you guys have any questions for us to answer on the podcast about love or dating, just hit us up at realitybitespod at gmail.com. That's Bites with a Y. And make sure you follow us on all those socials. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's Reality Bites Pod, Bites with a Y. See you next Wednesday.